Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So that as a Christian, I should be living a life of character that pleases God, correct? So what does that character look like? That's what we've been talking about. And we're going to this morning talk about an untiring connection. In other words, if I'm a Christian, I have to work at staying connected to people. I've already lost some of you, haven't I? Ephesians 1.4. Even before he made the world... God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, and this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So in other words, God's thinking about creation. And saying, well, I'm going to make this myth, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make human beings because I want them to be a part of my family. You were thought out, put into place by God. You're not an accident. God intended to do this. So he says, I want you to be a part of a family. Now, we know that if God wants us to be a part of a family, what does Satan want? He wants to disconnect you from a family, doesn't he? He will do everything he can so that you don't have a good family. We're here because God wanted children. He wanted someone to share his glory with. And Satan says, I'm going to do everything I can to destroy a family. So Satan has been at work destroying the physical family and the spiritual family. Now, As a Christian, you and I should be wise enough to see what he's doing and understand how we need to react. Because here's here's what Satan has done subtly over the course of years, because he doesn't do it all at once. He just kind of subtly does it. I remember back years and years ago, it kind of started with this thing called no-fault divorce. You could just walk away. And then it started with, well, you know what? Uh, all of us are equal, there shouldn't be any distinction, and we all are the like. And so God said, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you male and female, and here's your status, and here's where you are, and we want to wipe that out and say, no, we're just all the same. And we're not. So what's that created is everybody has a career. And so we all get busy with our work, and before long, we don't have enough time to do what we should do with the family. And then parents tell their kids, don't get married until you get a degree and can afford it. Anybody with any sense knows you can never afford to get married. (laughs) But that's what we've told them. And so they, unfortunately, listen to us. No, I'm not going to get married. I, I, I can't have kids and start a family. I can't do that. So I'll tell you what I'll do. We'll just live together. And you know what? Kids are a burden anyway. So th- because, here's the great line, the earth is overpopulated. <laughs> Come on. 
Have, have you ever flew in an airplane across the United States and saw all the vacant land? Oh, we can't support that. And tell you what, since it is over by, let, let's also have abortion. Because then we can get rid of the kids that aren't wanted. You know, because uh, kids will get in my way, and, and I don't want to have to do that. And let's just not marry. And, and tell you what, let's even take it a step farther. And let's just say there are no, is no gender. And so what we see is a subtle process that has occurred, that has brought us to where we are today, that is, in essence, destroying our homes. Now, why does that happen? Because Satan knows that God wants a family. And he will do everything he can to disconnect us. And he will do that in the church as well. What can I do to disconnect it? See, the entire Bible is about God building a family. It's why we have history. God says, I want an eternal family. I want it to last forever. And we have a line that we use. We are, blood is thicker than water, right? Well, do you know that you and I are adopted into the family through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are blood relatives? And when I become a part of God's family, I have brothers and sisters. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, you are free, yet you're God's slaves. Don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Respect the king. So God says, I want to put you into this family. And in fact, Jesus at times says, your spiritual family takes a priority over your physical family. Why is that? Because you're going to live with your spiritual family through eternity. You might as well get used to liking them now. Because here's what I kind of would like to think happens, that God in his sense of humor finds someone that's a Christian and you're a Christian and you can't get along. And I think in heaven he puts you together next door. Now that's not biblical, so don't go quote me on that. So that family is going to last forever. And so God's called us to be a part of his family. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind. One mind? Wow. United in thought and purpose. 1 John 4.21, God has given us this command. Those who love God...
Oh. Okay. This isn't going to get any better, so you might as well just stay with me now. All right? So I surrender. God, I am yours to do with as you will. I will obey you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles, that's us, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house built on a foundation of the apostles, the prophets. Cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple, a holy family for the Lord. So we surrender the family. Ephesians 5.21. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, when you become a Christian, you come by believing. But believing isn't the last step that you take. The next step you take is one of belonging. I believe, therefore I belong to the body, the family of God. And you and I say, I'm going to be a part. Now over the years I have heard an excuse. I can't tell you how many times it takes all kinds of different forms. It basically sounds something like this. Well, I believe in God, I just don't like the church. You know, I I believe in what God says, but I don't care for that. That's like, you know, the church is God's body. That's like me looking at you and saying, I really like you, but I hate your body. (laughs) That doesn't go over too well, does it? But that's what he's saying. Or, Or here's the other thing. Well, you know, I don't need church. I can go worship on my own. I don't need that. Well, hold it here. Here's what it's like saying. I'm a football player, but I don't want to play on a team. Okay, so it's going to be one against 11. How's that going to go for you? Or, you know what? I play the tuba, but I don't want to be in an orchestra. Tuba sounds really horrible by itself. Or, I want to be in the army. I'm a soldier, but I don't want to have anything to do with the platoon. I want to fight my own. That's not smart. And yet, over and over again, and all of you probably know someone who says, well, you know, I believe in God, I'm a Christian. What church? Oh, I don't need the church. First of all, you're going against Scripture. And if your way of loving people is determined by how you love one another, how can you love people when you're never around them? And so what's the problem? I don't want to surrender my life. I still want to be in control. I still want to have my say. I don't want to just give it up for somebody else. And so it begins with my willingness to surrender. God, I believe in you, and I want to belong to a family. Because God, that's what you determined before you even created the world. That's what you wanted. You wanted us to be one and I will surrender me to you and to others. Greater love has no one than laying down your life for another. So, it's surrendering. Secondly, it's sharing. Sharing. 
when God created man, he said, it's not good for him to be alone. God recognized from the very start our need of one another. And so we're made for one another. Life is not a solo act. The one thing Satan loves to do is to get you to try to live your life just for yourself by yourself. You will be miserable and you will make people around you miserable. And so I have to be willing to share my life. Notice what Acts chapter 2 verse 44 says. All the believers met together. So how, how do you develop a family? You meet together. You see, what's Satan do? I'll make you so busy that you can't even sit down with a family and have a meal together. I'll just do everything so that you get caught up in doing good stuff. They met together in one place. That's the beginning of the church, right there. And shared everything they had. They shared. And so, you get to develop this relationship with people that you get to share with. Now, in order to do that, you have to spend time with them. That means, at times, you have to come to church. That means you have to go out of your way to do things. But too many times, we're just too busy doing everything, and we just get caught up in that. And, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to share with people. I mean, after all, you know, I, I got things that I don't want people to know about me. Uh, you know, they might find out about my deep, dark secrets. I don't want anybody to know. Let me just tell you something. Your secrets aren't that private. People can look at you by the way you act and know some things. Plus, here's the thing. What you've gone through, other people have gone through. Well, you mean, Pastor, we've got to sit around and sing Kumbaya and share our innermost thoughts and feel, and, you know, gut-wrenchingly expose everything? No, it's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this. You can listen. Well, that went over well. <laughs> you know, you can just, you know, share. Now, as a parent, what is the one thing you try to teach your kids? Or several, but one thing that all parents teach your kids. You need to share, right? But everyone knows that child does not want to share. It's mine. Don't make me share. And if they have it and I want it, it's mine. Well, I'll give it to them. No, it's mine. And you work for a long time trying to teach them to share with others. And we, by nature, are not good at this. We tend to isolate. We tend to keep to ourselves. Here's what the Bible says, Galatians 6, 2. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Now, that does not mean you have to fix everybody else's problems. And that's good news, because you will spend a lifetime just trying to fix your problems. But I can listen. I can care. And so, am I willing to share my life with others? Or am I going to maintain my privacy and my independence? You know, I don't want anybody to know what's going on. Whatever you try to hide, Satan will use against you to defeat you.
But whatever's brought, we just talked about this Wednesday night, whatever's brought to the light, God can help you with. Whatever you try to cover up, God's trying to expose. That's why he's light. He says, come to me, we'll expose that. Well, everybody might know. So what? Because God's a God who forgives. And we as the body of Christ are people who forgive. That was a poor response there. And, uh, you know, okay, yeah. Because all of us understand the issues we got going on with us. All of us need forgiveness. And our willingness just to be honest. To not have to tell everybody everything. I'm by no means trying to say that. But I am saying, am I willing to care about other people? And am I willing to share my life with them? Or am I just going to take it for myself? And if you're going to be connected, you're going to have to share. Thirdly, people that are connected are serving. They're serving. They're willing to serve other people. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serving is just doing my part. See, God doesn't bring you to church so you can sit and soak in some type of spiritual hot tub and just, oh, this feels so good. I just really like this. Good. You know, oh, now it's time to go home. I can't wait till I can come back next week and soak a little bit more and get, you know. No, no, no. God puts you in a family to serve because everybody in a family a good has a job to do. <laughs> and we struggle with that at times. And so it's coming to that place where I recognize, okay, God wants me to serve. So if you have children, here, here's how it plays out so many times. Well, okay, your job is to take out the garbage. Uh, your job is to take out the garbage on Tuesday nights because on Wednesday morning, the trash man is coming to pick up your garbage. And unfortunately, he usually comes to wake you up. And, you know, he comes there and early and, and does that. And so you give your child that responsibility, and here it is Tuesday night. It's a little late, and the garbage is not out. So you go and say, I want you to take out the garbage. It's your job. Well, I'll, I'm going to get up early in the morning and take it out. No, you're not. See, we want to serve at our convenience. Serving is never convenient. And one of the reasons parents don't want children is you're going to have to learn to serve somebody else. In fact, when you got married, you're going to have to learn how to serve the other person, aren't you? In ways you never dreamed of. And so, we are called to serve. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love? Any fellowship in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? The answer to all those questions is yes, by the way. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly 
with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself, as much as yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others too. So God says, look, I want you to serve. And here, here's how it plays out a lot of times in the church. Uh, um, somebody will come and say, well, you know, I have this really uh, heart for this and this, and, and I'm really going to do this, but I'm going to do it outside the church. And here's what I know they're saying. I'm going to do it on my terms, my way, and I don't want anybody telling me what to do. <laughs> right? Because if I'm in the church, I'm going to have somebody waking me up or telling me, you're taking out the garbage now, and I don't want to. Now, should you serve outside the church? You bet you should. But that doesn't negate you from serving within the church. Because the brothers and sisters have things you need that you can provide. Because it's not just about us, is it? We serve for others. And as I understand servants, servants don't get to be the boss. They serve and told what they're going to do. And so we partner together. Now, do you want to be a part of a great team? The greatest team alive, the greatest team on earth is the church. Because it's going to be victorious because Jesus Christ says, I'm going to build my church and nothing is going to stop me. And the gates of hell will not prevail against me. And Satan will do everything he can to break it to try and stop it, to stomp it out, to confuse it, to cause discord to be in it, but I'm going to build it. And so you and I come to that place where we join a great team, taking what part I have to offer, and I'm willing to serve and find where I fit so that God can use me and I'll bless other people. Well, what about me? It's not about you. The moment it gets to be about you, you lose. The moment in your family or in your marriage it gets to be about you, you're destroying it. That's what happens. Ephesians 4.16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's the heart. That's the attitude. That's what we want. It's, it's the attitude of Christ. It tells us He didn't come to, to be served. He came to serve. 1 Corinthians twelve seven. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you surrender your life to Him and you say, I will serve you. Now, when you say that, what you're saying is, I will serve people. Because it's very clear in Scripture. God says, okay, you say you love me, great. You will demonstrate the way you love me by the way you love other people. You want to serve me? You will serve others. And by serving others, I'm serving God. That's a hard work, isn't it? 
because someone's going to tell you, I want you to do this. Well, I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it like this. Well, you're not in charge. I am. You're going to do it this way. But I like my way. That's fine. But your way. But my way's better. Maybe, but we're doing it this way. And the kid with the garbage. Well, I can get up early. I can do this. I'll set my alarm. I can do this. I, I, you know, I, I've got this other person. I'm paying somebody to come take the garbage out. I'll take care of it. If I miss it tomorrow, I'll get somebody to Don't leave me alone. Quit bugging me. I'll do it when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And every parent alive should hear the battle cry. No, you're not doing that. This is the way it's going to happen. And no one likes it. But the question is, who's in charge? Is the kid in charge? No. Although that's another way that our homes are in problem is that the kids are running the home rather than the parents. And so we're called to serve. We are servants by nature because Jesus Christ by nature was a servant. He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. But our independence hates that, doesn't it? I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And so our rebellious nature comes up. Serve. Fourth, they're sacrificing. Sacrificing. Jesus Christ sacrificed his life for ours. He died on a cross for us. He didn't need it. We do. You see, why don't we, why is the family in trouble? Because I don't want to have kids because they tie me down. And I might not be able to do everything I want to do. And after all, it's about me. I don't want them to get in the way of my progress and my career. I don't want them to get in my way of my freedom to be able to do whatever I want, go whenever I want, do whatever I please. The crazy thing to me, they say all that. They don't want to have kids, but they'll have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear yourself? (laughs) You know, but I want kids. They'll tie me down. Why? Because we're not willing to sacrifice our life for someone else. In a marriage, a couple, you sacrifice your life for someone else. So Satan says, I know what I'll do. I'll do everything I can to divide and destroy, to disconnect people. So we got this COVID thing going on. So I know how I can bring division into the church. I'll just make this a political issue. And so I'll I'll make there be one camp that says I'm not wearing a mask and I'll make there be another camp that says I'm going to wear a mask and then I'll put those two camps at fighting at each other and if you're not going to wear a mask then I'm not going to come and if you do wear a mask I'm not going to come and so we start bickering about it because of our political issues and too many people, too many Christians take their spiritual direction from their politics and not from their Bible and they come to that place where we allow it to bring division into the church and Satan says, ah I got them disconnected and so we're not willing to say, you know what it doesn't matter to me And Paul put it this way. He said, if something I'm going to do is good to offend you, I just won't do it. If this is what you need, that's fine with me. But no, I've got my rights. Okay, I thought you were a slave and you sacrificed, surrendered. 
And so, you know, Matthew, Mark tells us in Mark chapter 3, verse 24, a kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Wow. John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for their friends. We love one another just the way we are. We accept one another as they are. We don't have to try and fix people. We don't have to try and change people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we can love people and let God work on them and accept them as they are. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We all know John 3.16, God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, have eternal life. 1 John 3.16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. He died for you. So the issue is, I don't have to try and change this and change that and everything. I'm going to stay connected to God. And in order to stay connected to God, I'm going to have to stay connected to people because my love for God demands that I love people. And I'm not going to let the enemy win here by dividing us and by causing splinter things to happen in my life. You know, and as far as it's possible with me, what's the Bible say? As far as it's possible with you, live at peace with everyone. Well, I'll live at peace, but I think you need to do this, this, and this. It's none of your business. And so Satan subtly, and sometimes not so subtly, tries to disconnect us from the family. And he tries to destroy families, and he's very good at it. And we have to be wise enough to see what he's trying to do and not let it happen. Well, how do I get into that family, Pastor? Galatians 3.26, you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Wow. And, and here's what it says. Notice what John writes in John chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Wow. Not our doctrine. Not us standing on a soapbox. Our love. Well, how do I know that I'm there? How, how, how do I know? Well, a few verses and then I'll wrap it up. First John 3.10. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? First John 3.14, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, 
it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. For if we don't love the people we can see, how can we love God we cannot see? Well, but pastor, if I do this, what if I get hurt? You will grow up. You get hurt in a family, don't you? It just happens with relationships, doesn't it? It's no reason to walk away. It's a reason to grow up and do what's right. Well, what if I don't get my way? Good. You know, you don't always get your way in a family, do you? Well, some of you think you do, but anyway, it's, it's, it's another time. Well, what if the leadership is wrong? Are parents always right? No, but they still expect the kids to do what needs to be done, don't they? We're always looking for a way out, aren't we? Spend that time looking for a way in. Come to that place where you're surrendering, where you are willing to share, and you're willing to serve, and you're willing to sacrifice. The enemy will do everything he can to disconnect you, but you and I have to tirelessly never stop working at loving others and loving God. Amen. That's our call. So today, maybe you're listening and you're not in the right relationship with God. It comes through you surrendering your life to Him, of recognizing that you running your life isn't going to work well. You'll just ruin it. You're saying to God, God, I'm a sinner and I understand that and I know what Jesus Christ did for me on a cross. And I want to give my life to you and stop living for me and I want to start living for you. And then you become a part of the family. For those of you that are in the family, is there an area in your life that you need to work on so that you become a better brother and sister? So that you live a life of love as God wants you to live? and you create harmony in the home and harmony in the church because of the way that you live. And maybe the enemy has been too effective at causing disconnects. And you would this morning say, no, I want to stay connected. God help me. God help me. Let's pray. Lord, today... One of the greatest things you have done for us is put us in a family. And I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of your family. And I thank you for creating brothers and sisters that I get to be a part of their life. And I know Satan's doing everything he can to destroy what you want to build. So would you help me? Help me not to just live on my own and do my own thing and think I have a right. Help me to be willing to sacrifice for others. Help me to surrender my life to you. Help me to serve. Help me to give of myself. I was made for your family. Help me to do my best to be a good brother and sister. Help me to never get tired of being connected to others. Let that righteous character 
be mine. Thank you for how you made us. Thank you for giving to us everything we need. Help us to live for you and for others, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.